You're listening to a Monkey Buns production. Welcome. It's the Alf Meister General here. Hello. Also known as Alfie. Alfie Pods Fantasy Footy. It's no coincidence that I'm here and it's no coincidence that you're here. So hello and welcome. Hope you all had a lovely, lovely game week 10. It's now December. The pubs are about to reopen again for most people. Sorry if that's not you. I, for one, will be enjoying a beer with a substantial meal, also known as a Guinness. So game week 11 coming up. Uh, I don't know what your game week 10 was like. Mine was disappointing. 42 points. Football's all about margins. Richarlison had a goal chalked out. And I had Robertson at the back. We all know about Robertson, that clean sheet, and also that assist that disappeared. And I've been banking a lot of duos. So Everton duo of uh, Richarlison and DCL, uh, Liverpool duo of Salah and Jota, who, who I both uh, bought in both of those. Also brought in Fofana as well. So I took a hit, but I did at least make the points back and some. So I brought points into my team. So that's the positive way of looking at it, uh, if you can. But I didn't go for any City players, you see. I thought I'd buck the trend just in case... I don't know. I don't know. I just, Pep and me and fantasy football, we just don't get on. What can I say? So joining me today on uh, Will I Beat Magnus, that's the show you tune into, the FPL exclusive show. Uh, of course, joined by Top Marks, a.k.a. Will. We've got Matt boasting the carp. And of course, Jordi, Jordi van der Leyen, the Dutch footballer, is back from holiday from Curaçao. Yeah, I know what you're thinking. Holiday? Who goes on holiday during a pandemic? Well, apparently Dutch people do. They just saw cool. That wasn't a Dutch voice, was it? I work on that. Hot potato. There you go. <laughs> so, yeah, so we're going to talk about, um, we're going to touch upon the Man City Fulham game. Man City, is this a turning point for me? I know they had a disappointing, a disappointing result in the Champions League. Uh, Chelsea versus Leeds. We talk about the North London Derby. Of course, it's North London Derby this weekend. Arsenal versus Spurs. Looking pretty one sided at the moment, doesn't it? And uh, we're going to talk about Bruno, Bruno Fernandes of Man United fame. Uh, he's a contentious issue for many of my guests on the show. Might be time to bite the bullet. Who knows? Okay, good. Right, I'll stop talking. Let's get on with it. Hello everyone, Jordi, you're fresh back from holiday, it's good to have you back mate, how are you? I'm fine, thank you, did had you... a fresh holiday, so but I had a poor game week. And where did you go? I went to Curaçao, you, you call it also Curaçao or you... Yes. Yeah, is that right near Peckham or is that a bit further <laughs> afield? It's close by. <laughs> That's good enough. <laughs> also joining me today is the wonderful Will, who's still in Colombia. Hi Will, how are you? I'm I'm very well, thank you. Uh, I'm very disappointed. Jordi didn't come over because he was close by in the uh, in the Dutch Antilles, and he didn't come over and say hello in Colombia. Yeah, otherwise, I had to do another test and be in quarantine for a couple of days. It's uh, yeah, there's a, excuses, excuses. Yeah, yeah, using the corona <laughs> as an excuse. Yeah, fair enough. I was too busy laying on the beach. By the way, have you all read my article? No, I haven't. I haven't seen it, mate. Where I did you post? I posted it, it in the group. And oh, in the WhatsApp chat, and you liked it on uh, on Twitter, Alfie. I did. Oh, was this other week? <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Christ! This is like 
this is the best article I've ever written. There's loads of talking points did in I, there, I and none of you have read it. Did I retweet it? Can we start this again in, in like ten minutes? We've got to go. <laughs> no, no, no. We'll, we'll talk about your. I'll article. definitely give it a read. Okay, good. Uh, and also, Matt. Matt joins us all the way from you've guessed it, Ireland. Hi, Matt. Exotic Ireland, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You've been lying on the beach, Matt. Yeah, yeah, it's we've we no sand on our beach. It's just really jagged rock, so you know, <laughs> not as comfortable to lie on. <laughs> so let's get straight into the game weeks then, uh, Matt. Uh, famously, say famously, <laughs> you did your wild card. You had your wild card. You were going through a rough, spat, a rough patch. Uh, it was you saved your wild card. You used your wild card. How did it go? Yeah, we're pretty good. Um, I'm happy overall. There's a few little small problems which I kind of anticipated. Any more fixtures? Well, yeah, decent. Yeah, it, 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 I'm not complaining, but it started off really, really <laughs> well with the you know with the opportunities they were even better, and then Sunday and Monday were just disastrous. So like my hopes were like up here, and then it, it just went back down to like it went from brilliant down to great. So like, overall, I can't complain, but when you have that kind of, you know, when you get that bit of feeling and that bit of hope that you're going to just smash it and just see like a 400,000 rank jump and it kind of doesn't go as well as you were expecting, you know, it's a little bit disappointing. But overall, look, I'm happy enough, you know. How many points did you get? Yeah, I got six, or 62, sorry, 62. I was really happy with my goalkeeper choice. Um, Johnson got an 11-pointer. Uh, granted, it was very, very lucky, you know, um, what do you call it? Uh, who were they playing? Sheffield United had a bucket of chances. They did. There was like a a, a, a sitter miss from about five yards out. There was, you know, uh, Ollie, Ollie McBurney missed uh, another good chance as well. But um, yeah, I was I was delighted. You know, um, obviously a lot of people kind of punted on uh, Martinez off Aston Villa. That didn't really go too well last night. And now with the with the news now breaking that Aston Villa and Newcastle's game is going to be potentially called off. You know that's a bit of a a bit of a bummer for anyone who went with Martinus. So, well, it could stay the same game week. Possibly, yes, yeah, there is that possibility as well. Yeah. All oh, right, that's interesting. Uh, so, Will heard your voice. Then, uh, how do you get in this game? I mean, okay. So, what's interesting, lads, is that when I set my going into game week ten, I heard voices in my head making decisions, and it's things that I learned from you guys. So I learned I was using shield or sword. That's a new one. So that's why I went for Salah, because I expected him to get two goals. And uh, we'll, I always hear your voice saying, get rid of the weak player, get rid of the weak player, mm. kill the weak. It, it was all right. I got 42 points, which is below average. <laughs> you did a bit better, though, didn't you? Well, I've, I mean, I made a... I was very lucky. There were like three or four, five, six players I was contemplating. I really didn't know who to get. I had... Um, Four players in the Chelsea-Tottenham game, which as we talked about last week, we thought was going to be pretty close mm. uh, and a draw. And it was a draw. Um, so I got rid of two Chelsea players uh, for Vardy and Jota. Or Jota. And that was ultimately, yeah, one hit. But it was you know, disappointed. Vardy only got an assist. But the hits paid off immediately. So that was good. But my team is, I'm just in a real... I don't, I, you know, I've had five red arrows in the last six game weeks. So I feel like nothing's been terrible, but it needs to be mm. better. And so although the hits I made paid off, and I've now got like over five million in the bank to improve my team, 
I really feel I'm struggling to kind of, I don't feel happy with, I don't feel comfortable with my team. Don't feel happy with it. Um, yeah, I don't know what to do to fix it. So I'm feeling a bit, yeah, <laughs> I need some help, guys. <laughs> I think everyone's in the same boat at the moment, I think, because things are up in the air, like with Matt says, with the postponement and, set and stuff. Uh, Jordi, yeah. you're close to me in the league. You also captain Salah like I did. Yep, was a, was a mistake. Yeah, you, well, it, it, to be fair, it was unlucky because Klopp, for the first time in his career, decided to take Salah off in 60 minutes. Yeah, but we... We could have guessed that because yeah. he wasn't he wasn't training for ten days, so mm. he was already subbed off against Atalanta in the Champions League, I think, after sixty minutes. It so was, yeah. actually, I was I was on uh, on captaining De Bruyne for the entire week, but then yeah, I mean uh, I knew I got burned by not having Salah last season away to Brighton. He scored two, I think, and he got an, an assist, assist. Yeah. and that was a week where uh, lots of people, including myself, just got rid of him, I think, before, uh, because something happened in the previous week. I don't know. I can't remember. But um, so, yeah, he was playing Brighton, and I thought, yeah, we'll start. And in hindsight, I should have stick to De Bruyne. It's easy to say because he got four points more. It's only a four-point loss, but, yeah, still four points. I got 51, like uh, like Will, also with a, uh, with a hit also paid for because I uh, changed Sieg and Bartley for Jota and De Bruyne. But yeah, I got a, I mean, I feel we got very lucky with Robertson. That penalty. <laughs> yeah, yeah. not only the penalty, yeah, well, that assist, I mean, it was it was offside by Mane more than a yard, I think. But mm. yeah, if you give that penalty after a far decision, I mean, I, I was like, I was watching the game live and I was like, are they really checking it? But no, no one wanted it to be the, checked, did they? The ball went outside, I think, uh, uh, for a throw-in, like 10, 15 seconds later, and every every player stood still, and I was like, oh, they're checking something, not that penalty. I mean, everyone saw Welbeck walking three yards uh, further and then lying down because he knew <laughs> they didn't have the ball anymore. So I was like... Uh... You're not making life easier for us because we've all... I mean, I've got Robertson as well. So that was all part of my smug plan to not go for any City players. And it was going all right. Robertson looked so good. Because uh, this... Can we talk about City? Because uh, the decision with City always seems to be which players to pick. Obviously, going to Burnley, we all agreed that they would spank Burnley 5 0. And do you know what surprise, yep. surprise they did? But again, it's picking players. And that for me is a massive headache. And it turns out it was Mares. Uh, after all, yeah. like proper Scooby Doo ending, there's a mask over the head with a question mark. Who's it going to be? It's Mares. There you go. So are we picking. <laughs> and, I, and I remember myself saying when I was on Curacao, when we discussed the, yeah. the lineup uh, after the Olympiacos game, I said, the first thing I said was, I can't see Mares starting. That was, that was the first thing I said. So I was I was convinced Foden was going to start because he was man of the match against Olympiacos, scored the only goal. They were struggling scoring goals, and yeah, he's not tired from some games. I mean, well, surely, surely um, Benjamin Mendy making a comeback changes the system somewhat because that gives him that left-footed, uh, natural left-footed player to spread yeah. players. So. Doesn't Pep normally like someone on the left-hand side to cut inside, but that's the case. But Mendy started against Olympiacos and so did Foden. Yeah. So. Oh, did he? Oh, right, then Sharp then, Alfie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Torres obviously got a goal as well. So it's another one that you could have picked any point. But um, Yeah, he didn't play against Olympiacos. So I also, I 
said to Matt, uh, when he when he uh, uses wildcard, I think Torres is fairly secure for the weekend. But now it's another uh, pep roulette, I think. Pep roulette. So does that mean we're all going Mares then? I'm going to Captain De Bruyne, most certainly, I think. I don't think he'll start tonight, but we'll find out in a couple of hours. Um, and, yeah, I still have Foden. Yeah, I'm just going to keep him. <laughs> it's a cheap price. Matt, Fulham, Man City have Fulham. We we quite like Fulham, don't we? <laughs> we think they're all right. Uh, and Guisa, yeah. he got his assist, but that's it now. It's gone, right? <laughs> Dried up, yeah. Are Man City really going to steamroll Fulham like we think they are? Well, I mean, we thought Leicester were going to, you know, bang a few past them and, you know, they really had to grind out and dig deep to to get a goal in the end, you know. Um, they weren't really set up well, Leicester. Um, I, you know, I think Leicester's shortcomings was down to how they really set up rather than, I mean, not to discredit Fulham. Fulham played very, very well, but I don't think Leicester did themselves any favours, um, you know, how they lined up and how they approached the game. Uh, Christian Fuchs and... Uh, uh, Dennis Pratt and uh, even James Madison, the three of them, you know, kind of important players, all had stinkers they did. Um, and I do think City are going to be a completely different uh, beast, you know, this this week. I, I don't see City dropping clangers like Leicester did, you know. Um, again, but we have the same conundrum, who's going to start? You know, we talked about this, um, you know, this time last week on the podcast, we said, we were talking about City form view fixtures. They historically spanked Burnley. You know, we were saying, is it going to be a case that they turn it around against Burnley and get their goal scoring form back, which they did. But then we also discussed, you know, who's going to be. I, I said, you know, City could score three or four goals and, you know, De Bruyne might blank or, you know, someone might blank, you know, Foden or Sterling. You know, Sterling didn't play at all. Foden came on for an assist. And like you said, it turned out, turned out to be Mares was the star player in the end. So there's a real just kind of a gamble there when you take City players. I, I, I often talk about luck going against myself, you know, um, from week to week for various reasons. Sometimes it's just part of the game. Other times it's bad refereeing decisions or whatever. But, you know, I, I got a bit of luck this week with Sterling not playing, you know. Had he come on for one point there, I think I would have been more disappointed. I know I, I got Suchek off the bench who didn't. In the end, he did nothing. But He's a goal threat though, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, he had a good chance uh, yesterday. I didn't watch the whole game. I, I got a bit annoyed at it, uh, it coming into the second <laughs> half after, um, you know, Watkins' uh, disaster class. So, uh, yeah, but yes, yeah, Suchek, he always he always seems to come up with it with a chance per game, you know, a decent chance. Sadly, it wasn't his night, but yeah, I mean, Sterling could have come on, coming on for one point. I know a lot of people captained him this week. So uh, a lot of people tapped into, you know, a voice captain, a good voice captain, pick which just goes to to show to have a decent bench and a decent voice captain especially around this time of year because we just don't know what's around the corner whether it's postponed games players being rotated rested you know so just goes to show that other side of the game mm-hmm. will uh, the fpl deadline has been changed to saturday just so you know oh that is of course because of the postponement to uh, villa against newcastle isn't it because yeah. of the right the rona as we're calling, <laughs> not calling it that. Will uh, Man City against Fulham? Fulham defensively set up differently from Burnley. Burnley are more static, you could argue. So it could suit players like Maris. In fact, Maris historically against Burnley um, has scored lo- loads. We shouldn't be too surprised about yeah, that. He scored each in his last four uh, Premier League matches against. I think seven goals in the last four Premier League matches against Burnley. So. 
there was always a chance. And, you know, the last brace he got was in game week 30 plus last season, which was against Burnley. Mm. Um, so, yeah, there were signs <laughs> that he could do well against Burnley, <laughs> which we all ignored. Fulham are going to be a different proposition, though, surely. So we, we should yeah. be looking towards a different type of player to back for City. I think it's interesting. So I think I didn't think it was surprising that... Um, Guardiola went for width against Burnley. So he's done that before. He did that in the League Cup with Torres playing and, and have had players playing on their natural sides against them. So I think width is his technique for beating a low block like Burnley. I think Fulham tend to play a more, um, although they were quite, you know, they set up very well in a good defensive shape, but they also try to play more of a possession game and try and keep keep hold of the ball a bit more than Burnley. So I sort of wonder if he might do and... and um, you know, as you, as you'll know from having read my read my article, <laughs> put like the put the put the right back so Cancelo or Zinchenko, as opposed to Mendy who goes wide, they tend to come. You know, Cancelo was basically alongside Rodri against Spurs at the base of of midfield, putting an extra body in midfield to to create uh, imbalances in the midfield to win possession and keep keep possession and create opportunities and attack. So I think we we might see a different approach against Fulham, and we might see. I think I more likely Cancelo going to start and uh, and hopefully Foden, who knows. <laughs> and none of us have mentioned Jesus. Yeah, I, know, I noticed Matt has a Christmas tree in his background. So I'm guessing he's thinking, I mean, surely Jesus has started in the last three games, 90 minutes, it's not coming off. Drew a goal, surely. Drew a goal, what do you reckon? Well, I think uh, I mentioned him last week. Uh, I asked you guys, should I, should I get him in for, for Marshall for a hit? Uh, but it was only in the end when we found out that uh, that Aguero had suffered a setback. When uh, both Aguero and uh, Jesus are fit to play or fit to be subbed on, I think it's very common that no one picks one of them, because yeah, because we we all know Pep, and um, mm. uh, uh, Jesus had played I think a couple of games before the international break. He played during the international break two games I think for Brazil, so. I, I did even try to guess maybe uh, Sterling would start up front when when Aguero had the uh, at server the setback. So that was for me the sign to not go for Jesus. Hello, welcome back to the beach. Just a short interruption from me, just to tell you a few things. First of all, Will uh, Will mentioned that he top marks as he's known uh, that he did a, an article for Fantasy Football Scout website. Uh, do go on there, do check it out. It's called Intelligent C***s. Yes, I didn't say that wrong. It's Intelligent C***s. Uh, and obviously it's bleeped out on the... T- You're not worried about that. But it, basically, the, it undersells it really. It's about sort of um, Sacramento. It did. I did put a post recently about Sacramento. Uh, how he's come from his Cardiff... Car- working for Cardiff and South Wales University, all these things. But do read it. And it's about tactical exploitation and studying managers and how to exploit them. Uh, secondly, uh, keeping on the Fantasy Football Scout theme, I, um, I'm i going to be doing uh, some content for them, for their, it's called their Fantasy, oh wow, the Scout Academy. It's called the Scout Academy, I believe. If I've got that wrong, I do apologise a million times. It's called the Scout Academy. Uh, you can check on the website. But I'm going to be doing stuff for their Instagram thing as well. So I'll be putting up a little video of five talking points Check out if you want, or just go there. You don't have to watch it. Just do a like. That's that's all life is about these days, isn't it? Just do a like. Just pretend you've seen it. <laughs> I don't do that, okay? I watch everything. 
Good. All right, then that's it. Let's get back. And um, and people always ask me about my beach, whether it's, you know, people like try to suggest that it's not a real beach. It's definitely a real beach. It's definitely real. I'm, I live on a beach on a desert island. Good. Glad to clear that up. Let's get back to the conversation. One player I do want to change maybe is Salah uh, or Richarlison. And then Richarlison, I was thinking Jesus. Or if I was going to get rid of Salah, maybe... A Chelsea player, because they got Leeds United. So either Ziyech or maybe Mason Mount might be better suited against the Leeds setup. I don't know. What do you reckon? Um, well, I mean, as someone who has owned Mason Mount this season, it's, you know, if you do decide to get him, be prepared to be a little bit frustrated. You know, he's one of those players who either delivers when you're not expecting it or disappoints you when you're, you're you know, you're relying on him. Um, but look, I, I didn't get to see Chelsea against Spurs. Um you know, Mount is a decent player. I guess it depends on what his role is in the team and, you know, on the given day. Sometimes he's a little bit deeper than you'd like. Other times he's kind of rushing into the box and he's getting involved, you know, in, in the attacking and the build-up. Um, you know, set pieces as well. Um, I don't know if he's still on them or if he's been taking them recently. But, um, yeah, I mean, there's nothing wrong. I, I don't see any... I don't have any complaints about, about backing against teams like, you know, Leeds, um, Villa, you know, teams that are kind of at the bottom of the table who have been quite leaky since we've returned. Now, um, I think Will might have touched on it actually back at the start of the season where, um, you know, some teams might have had the, as big of a time frame to get their fitness up as other teams. So maybe now we are starting to see a little bit of a, a more cohesion at the back. Um, teams starting to find their chemistry between players and start to gel a little bit better together. So maybe this is why we're starting to see some of the teams like Leeds and, uh, you know, Aston Villa and stuff becoming a little bit more cohesive. And maybe there's a shift war towards the likes of Burnley. We know they got smashed by City, as was probably expected. But maybe other teams are starting to be, I don't want to say whipping boys, but maybe more Hmm. targetable than teams that we thought, such as Leeds and Fulham and, and stuff like that. So yeah, that's that's also, you know, something to look for. But we know Leeds are going to come out and they're going to play that open game every single time. It seems to be all they know. It's high paced. It's you know, it's always. I, I know against Everton, it was. Uh, if you just logged in and see him one 0 you say, "Geez, that must have been a bit of a drag drab game." But yeah. how there wasn't four or five goals in it is mm-hmm. beyond me. You know, there was so many chances that weren't taken, and I think that's what we're going to see in Leeds games. Um, Again, nil all against Arsenal and they have buckets of chances. Um, so it might be just a case of not being clinical enough um, at the moment. Bamford's stats are certainly looking good. Might be going under the radar for when their fixtures turn a little bit. But getting back to what you said, I think we were supposed to be talking about Chelsea assets against <laughs> Leeds. Yeah, but, but it's, it's interesting because um, Everton, they like to concede goals and Leeds only just squeeze one goal. But the Chelsea defence, Will, you could argue the Chelsea defence is much more solid and once teams admit they're not going to score, Chelsea can go on to trounce them, can't they? I mean, Yeah, that's, you won't get many people arguing against the Chelsea defence being strong. They're, uh, I think well, since Mendy's come in, he's already kept the most clean sheets. He didn't play a game until game week four or five, did he? Hmm. Um, I think you're talking about, I mean, Matt was saying about Leeds, they play such an open game and that's exactly right. And, he, you know, he Meslier made eight saves in the match against Everton. I mean, how Everton didn't score, I don't know. Um, so I'm thinking players like Timo Werner, who was luck, unlucky, you know, offside 
narrowly against Spurs, but with a lovely finish. Um, and he's frustrated Werner. He's frustrated me because I keep captaining him. He keeps getting chances <laughs> and not scoring. But I think he's finally, you know, the Leeds game is going to be open and then they follow Leeds with Everton. Um, so I'm really, you know, I'm just a sucker for punishment, but I'm really tempted to go Werner captain again because yeah. I just think, you know, if he gets two or three chances, surely, surely he's got to score <laughs> twice. I, want, I mean, he's... He's got to get a few goals now, doesn't he? Well, it, yeah. if you're going to use my uh, technique, he is due a goal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's the problem. Magical <laughs> thinking. Yeah. The, the problem with that logic is, like, you know, it, it, everything makes sense there, what you've said, and then the game gets played and, you know, Werner does nothing and then just the kind of lazy picks all do fantastic as usual and then the ranks, the red arrows come in. You know, so it's... Yeah. it's kind of like this season it feels like doing a little bit of research not, I'm not saying other people aren't doing research but it seems like trying to go that extra mile trying to get that edge trying to get that player that you know that do that little crafty move that others might be thinking about to to kind of propel you up the ranks it just doesn't seem to be working at all you know well I found that anyway you know trying to pick the clever captain it just seems to constantly be backfiring and then the I'm not going to name any picks, but... <laughs> I love it. I love, I love I, the bit. You know, it's, it's great. The, the, yeah, the, the standard kind of picks, the template pick, you know, that everyone goes with. You know, it, again, it's it's the shield pick. There's no kind of... There's no incentive to, to go and get your sword. It's just get your shield. And that seems to be... Yeah, yeah. Well, the they, trend I find this season. But though you have to use your shield. This is what I'm learning. You have to use your shield when you have to use it. Right, to yeah. play safe, but I like I like going all out when my balls out, basically. At <laughs> <laughs> uh, your D, you got. Can you oh. hear me again? Yeah, I'm saying yeah. you that made it yeah. nice. Um, can I can I ask Will just one thing? Yeah, go on. Are you sure when I will start this weekend? Well, thanks. That was the one comment I was going to make. <laughs> was um, Pulisic coming back is now a threat because Werner, even at, you know, yeah. even and at Leipzig. Harvard? And Harvard's, I don't think he's a threat to Werner. I think Pulisic is a threat to Werner. Um, I, I'm interested, let's see what happens in the Champions League in midweek as well. But yes, Lampard has said in the past that if Werner needs a rest, Werner was left out of the team against um, Burnley. Yeah, that is the concern. That is the concern. So we need to, you know, great opportunities for Werner. But substitutions and not playing is obviously going to mean it doesn't matter at all if there's a great opportunity if he's not playing. So, Jordi, Chelsea versus Leeds, is this where the points are at? Should I be focusing on Chelsea rather than Man City? No, you shouldn't. I don't think you should. Um, Also because I don't like uh, Chelsea's fixtures from an attacking point of view uh, after Leeds. So... um, I just transferred out CX, so there's your answer. Oh, right. You've done that already this week? Yeah, last week. I did it last, uh, uh, the previous game week. So, But with an eye, of course, on, on the fixtures to come. Um, and I also think uh, points will be too spread in the Chelsea attack. Uh, I mean, you got CX. I transferred them out because I only had him for two game weeks. I was already reluctant uh, to bring him in because I think... I mean, I really like him as a player. I I know him from Ajax, of course. But I think he lacks goal threat in the Premier League. He's able to give lots of assists, of course. But as an 8.3 midfielder, yeah, you you expect some goals. 
What do you think about the impact on uh, Rhys James? Because Ziyech and Rhys James, Lampard's spoken about those two playing together. And I think yeah. doubling up on the Chelsea defence is a really good idea. Yeah, I have James, of course, still since uh, first game week. Uh, I was really happy when he, when he, when I found out he, yeah, he, I think he has secured his place more or less. Yeah, uh, with Aspilqueta dropping in for the Champions League games, but I think with James, um, the difference between him and Chilwell is still the rotation threat. And over December. I think I'm a bit scared that there will be games where James will be left out with uh, Aspilicueta being a more than capable yeah more than capable replacement and I don't think uh, Lampard trusts Emerson or Alonso enough I don't are they still both there Emerson is yeah yeah and it's uh, what, what you say, of course, James is uh, the, the connection between James and, and Ziyech is, uh, is, is uh, important for Lampard. So if Ziyech drops out, maybe James will too for some games. Exactly. That's my yeah. thinking. Oh, that's yeah. interesting. But for 5.5 million defender, James has been... 5.0. 5.0. 5.0. I'm not thinking of, of getting rid of him. No. I mean, uh, but I think the double up is too much I don't know it's Chelsea uh, isn't it it's Chelsea yeah, but if... <laughs> yeah I mean that's the thing with James it's not just the defensive potential it's no. the attacking potential he mm. gets in so many crosses so you kind of, yeah, but, you, kind of but, you get the bonus of a clean sheet yeah but if you want assist from Rich James you just have to wait for Lampard to put your rule on because yeah I really I really dislike Tammy Abraham yeah, he's, he's very he's, bad. Uh, he doesn't, doesn't get many goals from crosses, does he? Yeah. Yeah, he's, uh, as I told you before, he's, he's got a 50p head, hasn't he? To, to be honest, if, <laughs> to be honest, I think if uh, Lampard had started with Giroud against Spurs, I think he would have won a game. Mm. I mean, you're, you're a striker, Jordi. I mean, yeah. so obviously you have a keen eye on watching other strikers to improve your game. And Giroud, I mean, I'm nowhere near your football capabilities, but for me... <laughs> He'd be one. Well, we don't know. We've not seen each other on a picture. But, you know, <laughs> but the, the people might think that might be the case. Um, but I mean, for me, you, Giroud is just such a great link player. Fantastic in the yeah. air, strong, keeps defenders busy. Players, and you think of all those Chelsea players that can just bounce off him. I just, uh, I don't know. Maybe it's just the energy thing. I think is 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 disadvantage is um, yeah. What you say, maybe a bit of intensity. Hmm. Um, but also maybe a bit of um, what I'm trying to say is that he's not that technical. He, he lacks a bit of technical ability when he when he has the ball. But that's that's everything I think. I mean, yeah, what you say. He's a great link-up player. He's. I would have uh, I would have seen uh, I would have preferred to see Giroud instead of Abraham Abraham when uh, James playing. I mean, they're just not going to win shit with Tammy Abraham in, as a centre forward. They're just no. not, are they? Um, anyway, right. Let's change the subject then. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> you can listen on your phone. You can do it all night. Drop the podcast and get angry. Go outside and start a fight. But be careful with your captain and be careful with your life. Because the football gonna get you, gonna get you right. Oh, yeah, it's because it's the North London Derby this weekend. I've never been more confident, and I think this is a really bad sign, but I've never been more optimistic and confident going into a North London derby than I am about this one. Wow. Arsenal are terrible and Spurs are good. And I it's decades. I don't think I've ever been able to say that in my lifetime before. No. 
No, because normally the Arsenal Arsenal like to spring a surprise, even if they're going against the grain in the league and the Spurs are generally on top of the league, Arsenal like to spring a surprise, don't they? But it doesn't feel like it's coming this week. It doesn't, no. They feel blunt in attack and uh, profligate at the back. So and They've Spurs, scored two goals in six weeks, for Christ's sake. Come on. It, it, exactly. They're not going to score. <laughs> Just I'm saying, starting Will. Sergio Regulon. I'm starting my start your Spurs defenders. Um I, yeah, I feel I really can't see anything apart from a Spurs win, which is just, I'm sure I'm going to end with egg on my face. But um, Well, surely it's nil-nil. The other option win. is nil-nil, isn't it? That's the other option. It won't be a draw. This, 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 is, this is a Spurs win easily. So, I mean, okay, the other Anything that isn't a Spurs win is a defeat, basically. I'm not counting a draw as a draw. So, yeah. Matt, does that mean you're worried about the fact that you dropped Son and Kane in one foul swoop? Um. Yeah, I well, like we talked about, I, it's kind of a risk assessment, you know. We discussed about how we looked at Spurs' next three fixtures. We saw Chelsea, maybe a low-scoring affair, maybe one all at most. Um, you know, Son and Kane didn't didn't score any points. Um, again against Arsenal, it, it could be tight. It's hard to know. Um, could be a one-nil Spurs. It could be. It, it, these games are very, very hard to uh, to always call. I find, um, you know, there's sometimes tactics can go out the window. You 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 like to think with Mourinho and Arteta that it's not going to be one of those games that they're going to be quite rigid and stick to their game plan rather than letting emotions get the better of them in a in a derby game. But you know, we like we, we know that Mourinho likes to fire up his team and you know you know get them really going. So um, I do think there'll be a bit of an edge to the game. Whether it'll affect the the goal scoring ability, I don't know. But um, I, I'm I'm still happy enough having lost Son and Kane. If I could get one of them, I'd want Son more than Kane, which I did say a couple of weeks ago. I, I'd be definitely more reluctant to lose Son. But yeah, look, I mean the the, the guys who I have in place of them, you know, you, you could say that I have KDB and Sterling in. Whether Sterling starts against Fulham, that's another issue. Um, I've got Rashford there, who, you know got a bit fortunate with the assist in the end after making the balls of a, a, a one-on-one chance uh, in United's game. So, yeah, I mean, overall, I'm still happy with my decision to lose the two Spurs players. Um, in two weeks' time, I may be changing my tune. I may be looking to get them back, depending on how Sterling's situation is, how Rashford can, you know, if he can deliver, if he can chip in with the United points or, it's, or if it's going to be between Bruno and Cavani because Cavani's another one who's uh, kind of mm. up on the radar now. I don't think a lot of people are, are, are talking about him after, you know, after a fantastic uh, cameo appearance uh, impact against uh, Southampton. It's an interesting one, United, isn't it? Uh, lads, we need to talk about Bruno, Bruno Fernandes. No, we don't. <laughs> hey guys, I'm going... I have to eat. <laughs> <laughs> the man that uh, uh, Jordi, of course, cited that he'll never, ever put in his fantasy team. Bruno was a player that beginning of the season when people said to me, who would be your number one pick? It was definitely him because his, his points return per game is ridiculous. But And then I've been watching recently and I'm thinking, oh, not really sure. And obviously Jordi hates him. So that sort of swayed me a little bit as well. <laughs> uh, and it was also because you mentioned that for, for his price you could get better value elsewhere i.e rashford perhaps but will his stats are improving aren't they yeah his stats are improving i mean he's a, he's a he's a conundrum in the sense that before um this last two game weeks he's been 
no player has created more chances in uh, the Premier League than Fernandez. But he's got three assists before the last couple of game weeks, which are all from um, counters, not from chances created against low blocks. So that's kind of which was a bit contradictory, in the sense that um, he progresses the ball up the pitch well, but Man United are not a risk-taking side in the way that they play. They don't they don't try and make things happen in the same way that um, Chelsea or Liverpool or City do. So it's boring. So Fernandez has been lucky because he doesn't take that many shots. He doesn't take that many shots in the area. But that seems to have changed over the last couple of game weeks. Um, Solskjaer mentioned it in, you know, after one of the matches, he was talking about how he was really pleased with Fernandez as a leader, uh, but he's not always in the positions he wants him to be in, i.e. in the box. And we've seen, so in the last, what was it, against Southampton, he had six shots, three of which were in the box. That's already an improvement. I think only um, only Cavani had more shots in the box than Fernandez. Um, and it was the same against West Brom, where he suddenly, you know, he's had four shots and two of which were in the box. Fighting penalty area touches are up a bit. Um, so he's got five and six over the last two game weeks. And that his, weirdly, his chance creation's gone down. So what are we to make of that? He's suddenly becoming a good asset. But... It's just infuriating because if we'd known this was going to happen, that he was suddenly going to get more involved and get into the box more, then I probably would have got him. But I feel people have just got lucky because the stats weren't there. I mean, he's... he is. Yeah, what you're, what you're trying to say, if United weren't playing West Brom, nobody would have got him in. Nobody would have... Right? Yeah, yeah. The fixture the fixture dictated why people got him in, didn't they? Yeah, yeah just and because nice. Salah had, had Salah, COVID yeah. and, and, and uh, the Spurs were turning uh, into a real poor fixture run. And David and also, forgot to referee. Forgot how to referee. <laughs> and I think You've not mentioned that before, Matt. <laughs> West Brom were not as bad as people making out. West Brom are a relatively resilient team. Yeah, you know? yeah. I mean, Man United only scored once against them. Everyone's expecting them to like Walk, walk all over them. That was never going to happen. So again, was, people um, thought it was going to happen. They looked at they they looked at the label of like West Brom easy team without really yeah. thinking this is actually quite a compact yeah. decent team. Yet Fernandez got the goal in the one 0 win. So it's yeah. like, so oh. hello listeners. We are four guys. We all didn't bring in Bruno Fernandez for <laughs> the easy fixture against West Brom. And we're now all complaining. <laughs> so, the, 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 so if we think back to kind of the fourth podcast we had this season, you know, um, I think Alfie asked us all, you know, are we thinking getting Bruno Fernandez? Do we think he's good value? And uh, I mean, what was the starting price? Was it 10 million or 10.5? 10. 10.5. 10. 10. 10. I mean, it was 10.5. It was and I think, well, I can only speak for myself. I was saying, you know, he reminds me of just a more expensive Milivojevic. Now, that's not to say he doesn't create a lot of chances, you know. He's a very creative player. He's a very, very good player. I'm not taking that away from him. But the question is, if United hadn't got their penalties, as many penalties, would you want them? If, if you could say, take away United's penalties, would you want them for that price? And I don't think there's, he's that valuable. I don't think he's a good value pick if... Now, other people will say, you know, you can't discount Pem. Hang on a minute. Your D-Stog does not like what you're saying. <laughs> He's a Bruno Fernandez and yeah, a Giroud yeah. I fan. just muted myself. <laughs> okay. okay. On, Matt, carry on your uh, your point without fear. Um, yeah. um, you'll, you'll get people say, you know, oh, penalties are part of the game. You can't discount penalties. 
and that's fair enough, you know. But I do think any other season, you know, you can get away with having Rashford for a million less and be, you know, doing on par with with Fernandez, you know, um, you know, maybe at a few points deficit, but not this, these major swings we're seeing every week, you know, where he's getting a, a penalty decision that shouldn't be and coming away from a game that should be a nil-all draw with 11 points. And that's just a huge swing. But and Matt, then like Rashford- but Matt, Matt, sorry to interrupt you, but we're missing a very big fundamental point here. Is that he plays for Manchester United. Man United <laughs> have their own set of rules. They've always had their own set of rules ever since I was a kid. And they do get treated differently, I, I do feel. Well, look, that's, that's another topic for another day. <laughs> when do you want to have that? But, but, By but, the way, but PS, I like- love Man United fans. <laughs> but like, no, no, like t- take Fernandez's last haul you know he deserved it you know he got a good goal he was in the box cross sent in and he scores no dispute about that you know his assist you can maybe dispute a little bit you know it's a shot it takes a bit of deflection Cavani gets on the end of it bit fortunate but by the rails it's an assist you know okay fair enough but I mean if he's playing like that every week you know, you can put your hands up and say, fair enough, you know, with the way the game went, with the chances he was presented with, he deserves to come away from it. It's just, it's a very bitter pill to swallow when, you know, like that, West Brom, everyone brings him in, everyone captains him. David Q misses a foul in the build-up, he gets a penalty, he comes away with 11 points. And then your differentials who you're hoping can pick up the slack and pick up the def- the deficit Everything just seems to go away from it. You know, I had a little bit of a rant in our WhatsApp group earlier on about it. You know, take this week with, um, you know, Jack Grealish, you know, great player, playing well. But, you know, he takes a shot from 30 yards. It takes a bit of a deflection against West Ham and it goes in. Probably an XG of like 0.025, something probably about 4% chance of going in, something like that. Ollie Watkins gets a penalty, misses it. 75% chance of it going in. Last minute, um, you know, he's deemed offside in the build-up offside because he's being felled, which gets overlooked, denied a second penalty. And that's the same as last week where he's denied another, another obvious penalty. So it's just major swings from really poor refereeing decision. And, you know, you can have all the stats brought up on your computer in the world. You can be looking at shots on target. You can be looking at XG. It means diddly squat when referees are just making complete, completely terrible decisions each week you know <laughs> that account for so many uh point swings for, for these type of players because you know you're trying to make up ground with these players you pick and it just it, it, it you know it seems to be going against them each week whereas the safer picks you know I'm, again i'm not taking that away from anyone on them but you know previous seasons it felt like you had multiple avenues into the points it felt like you had other ways to make up the points you know this season, it just seems like it, it's a one—it's a one fit all kind of plan, you know. Get in X, Y, and Z, and if you don't have those players, good luck to you. That's kind of how it feels this year. Well, is it the argument not? I mean, there does seem to be a hell of a lot of penalties this season. I mean, there's one every game. Well, there's not, yeah. but it feels like there's one every game. Um, and even if it's not a penalty, like we saw in the Liverpool game, there's a penalty. Um, so, is the argument? Uh, is is it? Should we not just be loading up on penalty takers? Well, not if they're Ollie Watkins or Mitrovic <laughs> or, you know. Or more pay. <laughs> yeah, or more pay. Yeah, I mean, there's, you know, to put it in perspective, Mitrovic has been benched for Fulham's last two games and he has the same amount of points as Ollie Watkins, who has played two games and should arguably have had three penalties, one of which he took and missed. 
So Mitrovic, a player who hasn't even started two games, is matching um, Ollie Watkins. So, you know, what can you do when things are happening? Like, you know, what can when, when you do? Happening? What can you what do? Can, what can you do? Yeah. Brilliant. So another successful podcast has been and gone. Uh, I really enjoyed what the lads had to say this week, uh, especially in regards to Fernandez. You could sense there was a bit of bitterness there, couldn't you? But, you know, I think Matt explained himself pretty well. You know, the fact that um, football is... It's not behaving, is it? And it's very different this year. And plus, you know, we've got the postponement with Newcastle and Villa. Or Villa Newcastle, I should say. Uh, there's a chance that could be going back on this game week. So don't sell all your players yet. But yeah, Corona, game week injuries, penalties, all the sodding time. Who knows? My advice would be just to do it maybe only two weeks in advance if you're going to plan your team. I mean, the hop on, hop off stuff that I've learned this year. I mean, I'm not going to utilize that, am I? So, good luck, everyone. Game week 11. I may be plumping for Bruno, actually. I just think, well, I'll just get him in. If I can't judge when he's playing badly and going to score, when can I just get him in? Uh, the other one is obviously, I mean, like, no one's talking about Mares again. Why not Mares? Get him in. Get him all in. I sound like a dodgy League 2 manager, don't I? That's probably what I am. Thanks for listening. Check me out on Twitter. Say hi. Take care of yourselves. Enjoy your beer. Or enjoy your wine. Or enjoy your sparkling water. Or enjoy whatever it is you do. Bye-bye. Be Magnus. I got to know, I got to be that Magnus.